Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Welcome to Pastoring on Purpose, a podcast of the Center for Ministerial Care. This is Dr. Tim Manis. I am with, as usual, uh, my co-host to my left, Raymond Culpepper II. Hello, Raymond. Say hello to everybody listening today. Hello to everybody listening today. He is a man of few words, and so uh, it's good to have Raymond to my left. And to my right is the esteemed, wonderful Dr. Jeff Sargent from Lee University. Hi. It's good to be back with you. Uh, forward to today's guest. Well, we have a really uh, special guest for uh, our listeners today. Today we have Brother Victor Bagan with us. Uh, I'm looking at his resume right here, uh, his bio, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it's lengthy. And uh, I can't help but look at this and think to myself, man, I have really uh, underachieved. Uh, It is really exhaustive. You have, Brother Bagan, you have really served the church in so many different capacities in so many different ways. Um, and we were even talking before we started recording a little bit uh, how you were a national youth director uh, at the age of 19, uh, which is absolutely amazing uh, to me. And so we're going to get into that uh, interview. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to be talking about the Vita Foundation. We're going to be talking about uh, mental health as usual. We're going to be talking about leadership. And uh, you're not going to want to miss this interview. So after this break, be sure to be with, with us. Uh, you don't want to miss it. You've been listening to Pastoring on Purpose, a podcast of the Center for Ministerial Care. Twice a month, we talk with pastors, church staff, and mental health professionals about what it's really like to lead and serve a congregation. From pastoral burnout to boundaries, the pressing issues of leadership to the pertinent little details that help a body progress, we're here to help you be a healthier leader, pastor, and person. Welcome back to Pastoring on Purpose, and uh, Brother Pagan, thank you for being with us today. It's an honor to have you. It is my honor. I am delighted to be here with you guys. Well, just share with us a little bit about what we had really talked about before, about who you are. Uh, um, Give us a little bit about your story for those listening. I know many that's going to be listening today are going to know the name, Victor Pagan. Um, You've served the church in so many different ways and capacities and uh, a very well-respected name, I'll say that. Well, let me begin by saying that when you pronounce my name, please do it in Spanish. Pagan, because if you say it in English, it would be pagan. <laughs> and that doesn't sound good for a. Although, throughout the years, my friends in the church, they tease me with my name. What are you doing here? You are a pagan. And I, I've come up with, you know, my, my response to those who call me a pagan. I say, well, but. Remember, I am an ordained pagan. I am not your regular kind of pagan. So anyway, I was born in Puerto Rico by the grace of God. And uh, I grew up there and went to Bible school in Puerto Rico and did ministry in Puerto Rico until the Lord and the executive committee decided that I should come to the States to work with the Hispanics here and eventually to World Missions, and it's been a wonderful ride. I have enjoyed every minute of it, and I am grateful to to God and to the church 
that has given me to the, the opportunity to practice ministry in the Church of God. I am honored. Yeah, it's it's an honor to have you. And um, 2012, I believe, you know, looking at your uh, bio, but in 2012, you entered into a new phase of your life, retirement, right? How, how has that step been for you in your life? I didn't know what to expect. Uh-huh. I had been praying about it and planning for it because I think that that is very important. If you, if you know you will someday retire or even if you don't know that you will retire, you need to plan for that. And uh, I was still you know, active in some ways, preaching here and there. And then a couple of friends of mine said, Victor, we need to formalize in some way your ministry. And that's when we came up with the idea of establishing this Be the Foundation. And pastoral care had been a burden of mine for years. So we decided that if we were going to establish a foundation, let's focus on care, pastoral care, and support for pastors and leaders. And that's what we've been doing. And I have enjoyed every, every day of my 10 years retirement now. I don't regret it. No complaints, no regrets. Good. I and, love it. And so for your retirement, you started a new ministry. Right. <laughs> it, it was a change of venue. Yes. Somehow. Yes. Well, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's interesting because, you know, when I think of retirement, that's just a word we try to, oftentimes a lot of ministers try to stay away from. It's a, it's a scary time. They, they struggle sometimes with that trend. It's a very difficult time. It just really is. And so did you find that to be difficult whenever you went through that process? I, I have changed in, for my own benefit. Yeah. I don't call it retirement. I call it Recharge. Recharge. I like it. <laughs> so I like it. Uh, I continue to preach and receive invitations, and my friends honor me with, you know, inviting me to conventions and local churches, and I'm, I'm staying busy. Yeah, I bet. And, and, and you have grandkids too, right? I do, and I enjoy each one of them. We have eight. And wow. one great grand already. Well, let's get into the next uh, portion of our interview here because you mentioned the Vita Foundation. And I, I think it's important to talk about this because this ministry has helped so many ministers. And so to, for our listeners out there that don't know what this ministry is or maybe they're not aware of it, maybe they don't even they don't know what Vita stands for, um, can you just give them an idea of what this is and give us uh, an overview of what, what is the Vita Foundation? Uh, well, vida is the word in Spanish for life, and uh, it came out of a suggestion by a friend. Vida is also a combination of my name and my wife's name. My name is Victor. My wife's name is Ada, Ada. So we took V from Victor and Da from Ada, and that's where vida came from, and Basically, uh, Brother Tim, it is a ministry of care. We raise funds with uh, a project number with World Missions, and the money that we raise is completely spent, all of it, every penny. No one receives any compensation. Every penny is spent, and this is what we do, two main things. We sponsor 
retreats on pastoral care. What we do, we bring in pastors to a location, uh, usually a hotel. For a whole week, we sponsor this retreat where pastors are uh, refreshed. We, we invite a medical doctor, a clinical psychologist, and a family counselor. And these are the resources they talk to the pastors about how they can take care of themselves in each one of these areas. It is not a conference on church growth or church administration. It is focused on the person mm-hmm. of, of the minister, particularly the pastor. And we also uh, provide scholarships for needy uh, ministerial students around the world. So we, we try to support, to care, because I have, I have uh, come up with this phrase, the ministry of care is uncared for. So we need to take care of our pastors. Amen. That's, that's phenomenal. And what are some of the testimonies that, that, that has come out of this ministry? Because I'm thinking there's so many tired, weary ministers, and you're not bringing them in to, to, to do a church growth conference. This is not something to where we're going to throw a bunch of books at you and let's get to work. And this is really a time for kind of to focus on you, right? Something that many of our ministers spend their whole life focusing on others and how to help others. This is a moment where we can just kind of stop, slow down a little bit, Right. And focus on us. What does that look like? And and, and what are some of the testimonies you've heard from this? I can share with you a couple of them, like a pastor from Guatemala. He and his wife, they came to the retreat in Nicaragua. Two months prior to the retreat, they they had lost a son, 28 years old son, who was in charge of the worship at the local church, and he, he, he died. He got sick and died, and the, this couple, they were devastated. Yeah. I mean, losing a son, active in ministry, and they were about to quit. Uh, you know, they came really, they were about to fall into depression, but at the end of the week, when we give them an opportunity to share, they came up and they said, uh, I am going back to be involved in ministry for the rest of my life. I'm going back to my pulpit. And they were crying and praising God and how that week had blessed them. And uh, we also had a lady here in, in, in Cleveland when we had a retreat here in Cleveland. And we had couples coming from the Hispanic churches all throughout the states. And a lady pastor after the week came to me and she said, this week changed my life. And again, the, the program is quite light. We teach them on these areas. But we also go out and do some sightseeing. In fact, here in Cleveland, 
we invited them to uh, Barney Creek. Oh, yeah, Barney Creek, yeah. to Feel of the Woods, and they enjoyed every minute of it. Oh. So it, it was terrific. It, was, it, it has become a source of refreshment and encouragement and support and care for, for these people. You know, Barney Creek, just a little bit, just a little bit of history there, right? Right. Just a little bit. You have, if you, you're not Church of God if you don't know a little <laughs> bit about Barney Creek. Victor, it, it, I'm really impressed with this. I, it, this is in, in the fact that you had the foresight, or I guess we should say more accurately, you received a calling to, 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 for this ministry a decade ago when what we've seen over the past decade arise in mental health problems for, for people uh, around the world and specifically for ministers. Um, with that in mind, have you seen that change? Have you seen any change in the needs of pastors, or has there been more stress that's being reported, more mental health issues, or would you say no? You've just—it's like the rest of the world is catching on after a decade <laughs> after after you and and the others have uh, saw this need uh, a decade ago. Well, uh, particularly the last couple of years with this pandemic, it has become more stressful for the pastors to do the work of ministry. Uh, the challenges, uh, to, be, to be honest with you, Jeff, talking to pastors these past two, three years, they have gone through a very difficult time. Mm. And, but it is becoming more stressful. Uh, the challenges uh, of a pastor, the family issues, political issues, all of that, it, it all comes upon the shoulders of the pastor. And each day, uh, the families of a local church, they depend so much of the pastor. And the pastor goes to his bed with all those burdens. And uh, this is what I have discovered the last 10 years, that pastors come to me with the testimony. I, I, I was not able to sleep last night. And they keep they keep looking up to the roof, and it is two, three o'clock in the morning, and they don't sleep, and they don't even know that they are going through a hard time emotionally, and at, at the border of depression. So during their retreats, we try to make them aware of the signs that they should be paying attention time when you don't can't sleep, you don't eat well, you don't exercise, you don't take care of yourself. And it destroys you, your family, and your church eventually. Yes, it is, it is more difficult. It is not becoming easier to be a pastor. Uh, I think that, that the, uh, the pandemic has, it's just irreversible change has been brought about and it's going to be more difficult now people are a little bit more divided this has been an issue that has not just affected us and affected our health it's affected our culture uh, and so the culture that people are trying to do ministry in is a lot more toxic for it uh, especially in certain quarters what types of things do you work with ministers on for Self-care. Uh, I mean, taking care of yourself can mean a million things. Is it, you know, 18 holes of golf? Or, I mean, what, what kinds of things specifically 
do you think helps ministers kind of recharge and, and refresh in this environment? Uh, Raymond, I believe that uh, the hardest thing for any person is to unlearn what they have been taught. And uh, I, I grew up as a young minister where you could not go to a ballpark to see a ball game. You could not take vacations because that was, how could this, I remember this phrase, the devil doesn't take vacations. He doesn't rest. Yeah. Yes. You pastor, what are you talking about? Leaving the church for two weeks. You can't do that. And, you know, we have to look for new, it's a new paradigm mm. where the pastor is a person. He's a human being. He gets tired. He needs, he needs to rest. He needs to pay attention to his family. He needs to relax and practice some sort of, you know, relaxation, uh, exercise, Practice sport if he's able to play ball. Go play ball. Uh, so it, it is a matter of leading the pastor to and even the congregation. Maybe we need to go through a process of teaching the members how they can take care of the pastor and teach the pastors that they need to take care of themselves. And, you know, plan for your vacation, for your time of retirement, and for that kind of thing. It is, uh, in a way, let me put it this way, the pastors, some of the pastors need to become a little bit more selfish. Mm. Yep. Think about them, the wife, the kids. And, you know, some of us, we've learned through the process Uh, they don't teach these things at PTS. They should. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And you you mentioned a few, you know, being tired, worn out. That doesn't do us any good. That doesn't do the church any good. That doesn't do our families any good. If anything, that's that's really setting us up for failure, isn't it? Right, right. I mean, if you're tired, if you are in pain, if you're hurting, how can you help people who are in need? Yep waiting for you to help them. The one thing you said that I've written it down here because it really captures what what, what you're sharing is the pastor is a person. You could build a whole program just on that, teaching both the congregation and more importantly the pastor himself or herself that you're a person first. I think we forget about that. We, We focus so much on the call, on the vocation, and forget, yeah, but you're still human, and you still have needs, and you need to take care of yourself. And I, I don't know if selfish, sometimes people will reject that idea, but but self-care involves thinking about yourself as a human and admitting that you're a human first and that you have needs as well. I, I really like that phrase, the pastor is a person. It sounds like a bumper sticker or a, or, or a hashtag <laughs> or something, but no, really, it, it, it has a lot of meaning and power behind it right. that you are a person. All right, a person of God, a person of faith, that you are a human being, and human beings have needs. When, when you become a minister, a pastor, you don't stop being human. No. Mm-mm. 
you're still, you get tired, you get hungry, you need to sleep, you need to rest. You, yeah, I mean, all those human needs are also the needs of a pastor. And I, that's amazing. And you being human does not disqualify you from ministry. Well, being human is what God did. Yes. He became human. Yep. Yeah. Devil's not human. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't care. <laughs> we try so hard in ministry to uh, put on kind of a, an appearance that we've got everything figured out. Uh, we spend so much energy in, in trying to you know, get others to believe that we're great at whatever and we don't experience pain or hurt. And I'll never forget when I was pastoring, I got a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, I, I, I sat up in my bed, and I said, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> my wife looked at me like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I don't want them to think that I'm you know, half asleep. Yeah. It's 3 in the morning. <laughs> it's okay to sleep. Exactly. And, so the, I, exactly. and so, Pastor, were you sleeping? Oh, you know, and I was just, you know, I was just thinking about you. Of course, of course I, I saw. Bible study time. Yeah, this is time for prayer. I don't, I don't sleep. I'm well, a pastor. I, I, Holy I, communion right now. <laughs> I, I, a friend of mine, this is what actually he told a member who called him at 3 a.m. And the member said, Pastor, were you sleepy? What? And the pastor said, no, I, were, I was here waiting for your call. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I sleep, right? I mean, we don't need that. But it's, it's, it's so good because we're, we're trying to go at a pace that God did not create our bodies to go. And I love the fact with the Vita Foundation, you bring in a medical doctor. Oh, yes. You know, because our ministers are not particularly healthy. I'd like to ask right there. Okay, just just briefly, would you tell us? All right, so you have a, a physician, you have a clinical psychologist, you have a family counselor. Would you just tell us briefly? All right, if we were attending this week, all right, uh, what would some of the thing? What were some of the activities uh, or, or programming that would take? Well, us? the the doctor will teach every day on how to take care of your health. He talks about you know diet. He talks about Resting, he talks about exercising, you know, as a medical doctor. And so far, we've been able to bring in doctors who are also pastors. Mm. So they know it very well, you know. The clinical psychologist will teach them how to take care of their mental health. Right. You know, be aware if these things are happening to you, be aware, go to a professional. Don't be afraid to check with a counselor and share with him you, what you're going through. And, of course, the family uh, counselor will talk to them about how to take care of the family. And, you know, we, we pastors, we fail in that regard. Yes. We, our, our church becomes everything to us, and we leave behind our family and uh, the results are not good when we do that. So, and then we also take them around, as I said, sightseeing, and we go to any particular attractive place in town. We play games with, you know, it's a week of care Love for it. the pastors. It's really a holistic approach. I'm really impressed. I really am, because there is a tendency 
okay, we're going to step away and we're not going to do work, but you end up doing work, right? So let's all work for eight hours on our mental and physical health. Well, no, you need time just to go and see the beauty of of the earth. You need to go and step away from an office or a a closed space. And I think it's, that's wonderful that you've, you've, you've built in time to actually relax. I remember when we went to the first one, we did it in Argentina, in South America. And when I printed the program, after lunch, I actually wrote from one to five the word nothing. Nada. That's beautiful. From one to five, nada. And the first day, people would come to me saying, Victor, but from one to five, what are we going to do? <laughs> and, I and I will point I, yes. I will yeah. point to them what does right. the program say? Well it says nada. Yes. Nada yes. means you do whatever. Go to sleep, take a siesta, take a walk, uh, watch TV, do nada, do yes. relax, brother. Oh, that is beautiful. That oh. is but it also highlights how Difficult, how we have to retrain or rethink our our, our daily lives uh, in these contexts because we're so we're so conditioned to oh well there's got to be a program and if there's not a program then I'm wasting time I'm that that that's right. part of it too that's part of that 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 uh, it is built into the program yes to have spare time to relax to meditate we we always bring them a book we give them a book that they can read during the week. If they choose to do that, they could throw it away or take it home that or is. whatever. But that time in the afternoon is completely their own time. And, you know, and I'm thinking of the verse and paraphrasing here, but whatever is good, holy, right, you know, think on these things. Yes. And I, I love that, you know, that you have nothing there because... I think sometimes in ministry, we're just so busy, especially with the pandemic and everything else that's going on, that we don't even have time to think, it seems, or even process what we've been through or what we're going through. And to be able to just block that noise out and just be, be still. Yeah, we need to learn that busyness does not equal to effective ministry. Wow. There we go. That's true. That's, a, that's another that's so episode true. right there. No, I, I really think of it because you're right. We we often somehow our own theology, all right, and part of our culture as well, get us to believe this myth that if I'm busy, I'm actually being productive. And yep. it doesn't always equate to that. In fact, often it doesn't. Uh, how long have you been in ministry now? Well, I began my ministry in 1965 wow. at, the, at the age of 19. I was appointed National Youth Director in Puerto Rico. It, although I am retired, quote unquote, I uh, so I've been in ministry for fifty-eight years now. That's amazing. At nineteen, I was trying to. My, my biggest decision was probably what kind of brand of cereal do I want to eat <laughs> in the morning. You know, uh, that's absolutely amazing. And you, you've served as administrative bishop, executive level. Um, as you reflected on your ministry, for those listening, our pastors out there, leadership that's out there, even our lay members out there, what nugget, what a, what what suggestion would you want to leave them with today? As they're as they're listening to this, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're having a hard time. 
coping, adapting, um, challenging their own, you know, calling that God has given to them and, and really just about to just give up and give in kind of thing. And what would you want to say to those people you, listening today? You, you said a word that in my own theology, pastoral theology is important. Make sure that you've been called to be a minister. And when you're going through hard times, that assurance that you have been called, that's sometimes that's all you have to hang on until better days come. So trust your calling. Uh, right? Trust your calling. It makes a difference. It does. It does. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back right after this break. Pastoring on Purpose is a production of the Center for Ministerial Care, a ministry of the Church of God. Ministerial Care provides counseling services for Church of God ministers and offers those resources to our leaders free of charge. If you're a pastor in the Church of God who would benefit from a fresh, healthy perspective on life, leading, or following the Lord's call, or know someone who is, please visit www.centerforministerialcare.com. Welcome back, back to Pastoring on Purpose, and um, this is that time of the show where we go into our action steps, uh, a rewind, if you will, some things that, that we can really take away from this episode. Uh, I think some of the things that uh, Jeff was talking about as well is vital, and whenever I'm trying to get people to come here for an intensive, I always point out, look, we're going to do some counseling, we're going to do intensive counseling work, but the majority of the time here is going to be y'all's. Uh, we want to get you away from this area where you are. There are triggers. In counseling, you call that a safe place where you can kind of get away from the anxiety, get away from those stressors. Uh, and then the things that you're working on, in your case with medical doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, those things can really kind of take hold and be applied. They can think about it. They can process that together without the negative sentiment that might exist in their native environment. Does that make sense? Sure. So I think one of the biggest things we can do is look for ways to change that uh, momentum that you would have where you are and kind of get away from things like that. It's okay not to be working or doing counseling. It's okay to be doing those things, if you're doing something that you feel like is kind of changing the momentum in your life and it's helping you to cope and it's getting you in a more positive place. Because like you said, you're not going to be able uh, to help people effectively if you just limp around. you got to be straight. you got to have your head in the game and you have to be rested. You have to have all your faculties at top shape uh, to be able to deal with some of the stressors that are presenting themselves nowadays. Excellent. You know, I, I, it reminds me, you know, have you ever worked, worked on a paper at like midnight, two o'clock in the morning? Never, <laughs> never. You never do that? Never, never worked on a paper, yes. Yeah, well, I, I am not. I tell people that when they call me at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sleeping. Who who needs sleep, yeah. right? I'm working. I'm yeah. working. But when you're working at, you know, you're trying to kind of burn that midnight oil, if you will, you're working at, and, and you're falling asleep, you're tired, you're exhausted. And I've always learned if I take a nap 
well, at that point, I'm, take, I'm going to sleep, right? right? Uh, but if I need to take a nap, if I need to go to sleep the first thing in the morning, I feel refreshed. I'm more effective. I can actually, what I'm typing actually makes sense. It's not, co- it's not incoherent. It does make a difference whenever we can get rest. Certainly. And let me just say also, when we're talking about that, I don't believe that that's important just for the pastor. I think that is important. It's vital for the pastor's family Absolutely. To get away and do that corporately and incorporate those kinds of things into the ministry he's doing. Yes. Uh, I don't, you know, some of the best things we did when I was a kid growing up pastoring were Friday night family nights. And people would come together and they would play volleyball and eat. Mm-hmm. You know, what? I'm, there wasn't a foot washing or anything like that. And people got so much out of that. They connected. They had positive sentiment that built up, yeah. and that can carry in a long ways, and it's medicinal. Well, we, we call ourselves the people of the book, mm-hmm. and when you open the book, one of the first lessons in the book is that God created the Sabbath yeah. for the sake of man. Yeah. He created a human being who he knew, God knew, that needed to rest. Mm. So he added a day to the week. He had completed creation mm-hmm. and added one more day. Said, oh, this man will need to rest. Let me create. Let me add to the week one more day just for rest. So keep this Sabbath. And uh, giving given some of our listeners, some, uh, especially <laughs> pastors out there, some sermon material as well. So <laughs> that's really good stuff and very rich. And uh, leads us into our next, in our last uh, section today is our mailbag sec- section. And one of the questions that we got com- coming in from our listeners is, how does ministerial care uh, minister to the family, the ministerial family? Uh, well, I mean, the way we do things here at Ministerial Care is kind of split. Uh, I work more with restoration work here. So if a minister and his family have had a crisis mode and they're working through a process of restoration, uh, what I try to do is incorporate something that kind of corresponds, correlates with the minutes of the church that is required in that situation, as well as something that can be useful as a means of, a, of uh, applying care. Uh, that's going to be effective. <clears throat> and I usually just kind of have a care team. There'll be a mentoring pastor involved in that. Uh, if possible, there will be a local therapist that gets involved with that. And I have contact with a number of them you know, where that's possible. Uh, and then we will be involved in that uh, from ministerial care, providing care. And the state overseer will also have an inroad into that so that he can work with that unit. And the focus of that whole thing is the well-being of that family. Um, and I think that is the most important thing that we do in restoration is try to make sure that the focus of the, the work that we're putting into those cases goes to the well-being of that minister and his family. Absolutely. And you may be listening today, and you may not even be Church of God. You may be another pastor from a different uh, organization or independent or even laity. And um, here in the Church of God and really in ministerial care, we believe in restoration. Uh, We believe that God restores. God mends. uh, God brings back together. So 
for our ministers that are struggling, going through a difficult time. We, 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 we that have, may have fallen away or, or, or experienced some type of hurt or pain, there's a way for them to, to have that mending. We have a play, something there for our ministers and our families, not just for the pastor itself, but for the ministerial family as well to receive healing. And God is not done with you. That's, that's, the, that's the key thing. We have, we have seen so many success stories come uh, through that work. Also, uh, we, like I said, as far as the family goes, we provide counseling at no cost uh, to our licensed ministers. Whether you're a pastor, youth pastor, maybe you're in between appointments. I don't know. You're in leadership. I don't know. But if you're a licensed minister in the Church of God, you can receive counseling at no cost. You can come in. We have a sabbatical house uh, that, that we often use. We also uh, do online counseling as well, which has been extremely phenomenal, by the way, and has kept me very busy. Um, but I, I enjoy that interaction. So if you are uh, a spouse of a minister, you have counseling available, available to you at no cost. Um, if you are a PK, a pastor's kid of a minister, you have a counseling available to you at no cost. And as you know, counseling itself is very expensive. Mm-hmm. We do pastoral counseling here, um, confidential. And, and a lot of times in counseling, it is, we do refer. You know, we, we make sure you're, sometimes you need to go to a medical doctor. Sometimes you need to go to a counselor um, locally. We want to do what's in the best interest of our ministers. And let me just also say what we do here ultimately is ministry. Yes. It exactly. isn't just psychiatry no. or psychobabble stuff. It's ministry. Yep. What we're trying to do is help ministers pursue the calling that they've been given because there's a purpose to what they're doing uh, and there's a need for what they're doing. And the more people that they go out and help, the more we're helping. Yes. Uh, and so it's a ministry is the way I see it. Absolutely. And I, I say this often is, is, is one of our goals is to help keep you in the game longer so that God can f- continue to finish the calling that God has for you in your life. And more effective. And absolutely, more effective. And so um, we're also doing conferences now. We're starting to do that. So we're really excited about that. So we could spend a lot of time with all the things we're doing, this, this podcast, um, those kind of things. So let me just say this uh, to our guests and who is also now, the way I consider it, you're part of the team, you're part of the ministerial care team, uh, uh, Brother Victor, because you do so much, and we're so thankful. Thank you so much for being with us today. It has been my pleasure and honor to share some of my ideas and programs and ministry with you guys. I commend what you do. Uh, We need to help our people that are still in the trenches. Thank you. Thank you. And, and for those listening today, where can they get some more information about the Vita Foundation and where they may be able to get some information or maybe even be able to help? Amen. Uh, anyone who, who may be interested in supporting financially Vita Foundation, you can send your donations through World Missions. Make sure you indicate that your donation is for Project 1029291. one and it'll you receive credit if you are Church of God as a you know a missions offering and be the foundation will be able to bless many many more ministers pastors. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash clgcmc. 
We are also on Twitter at Twitter, C-O-G-C-M-C. Uh, you can go to our website at centerforministerialcare.com and get some more information about us there. Even send us an email if you would like. If you have a question that you would like to send in and us to address on uh, our podcast, please send that to us. You can email it to us at tmanis at churchofgod.org, or you can send it to us through our uh, website as well. Or you can reach me at prayingmanis. That is my Twitter handle, at praying. Manus. So, because I am a praying manus. So, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. And for Jeff, Raymond, myself, Victor, we will see you next time on Pastoring on Purpose. God bless. Join us next time as we continue our purposeful progress to becoming better pastors and people.